Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. Today, I have the good fortune to have a repeat guest back on the show, Michael Brown of Brown Family Wines, Cirque, and Chev Wines, among many others. Michael, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Seth. It's really great to be here with you. Yes, we greatly appreciate you coming back. Now, for those folks who didn't see the first episode or who haven't read your book, which they should absolutely go get, um, how did you get started in the wine business in the first place? Well, it started from my love of craftsmanship by watching my father and I grew up around agriculture in a town called Wenatchee. That's a circus town, by the way. And uh, I landed in Sonoma County in the restaurant business. And I just fell in love with the idea of making wine, making something from the earth through fermented um, means and crafting something hopefully of beauty right absolutely you know? now you have had an incredible amount of success in multiple different venues in the wine vertical and i'd like to talk about the business side of that you have a multi-year waiting list your wine is sold out for years most of our business owners and entrepreneurs who run businesses would love to have that problem how did you grow the brands to the point where people literally can't get them? You know, that's a great question, Seth. You know, Dan Costa, myself, started Costa Brown in 97. Chris Costello came on board and we had no blueprints. We had no manual. We had to write it ourselves. And we took inspiration from a brand called William Selyam. And they were direct to consumer. And it was kind of unheard of back then. But as far as a business model, that's where the margins are. So let's go for that. It was not a straight line, man. But we started going the tension model the restricted access model, scarcity model, and it started to take hold. People want what they can't get, but you better deliver a good product. 
And so that's kind of where it all started. And then we just hung on to the rocket ship. So did you, if I'm hearing that correctly, did you implement the premium pricing, scarcity, limited quantity? Um, did you implement that near the beginning, back when you probably couldn't afford to, and traditional business would have had you to sell to anyone who could fog a mirror and write a check? Did you start creating that scarcity from the beginning? No, the fogging thing was the first three, four years. But then once we started hitting the media, getting attention, we go, we got something here. And all of a sudden we're sold out. Then how do we manage that? How do we get, you know, it was a very odd situation. Then the media started jumping in and it's like, okay, well, what else are we going to do with our time? Let's talk about that. How there are, you would know way better than me, but there may be hundreds, if not thousands of wines available, right? You technically, if we just label you as a winery or a winemaker, you have, and I know that's under underselling what you do, but you have a ton of competition. How did you get the media to pay attention to you? You know, that's interesting. We didn't really go for it in the traditional sense. For example, the wine spectator, I just go over and drop off wines and hopefully they liked them. Turns out they did. And other people, the same thing. So we never went after it. We never advertised. We never kind of schmoozed over the top with reviewers and writers. But here it's like, here's a story if you want to check it out. Other than that, we're just trying to make really good wine, get it to our consumers in a good fashion. And that's kind of it. That's in a nutshell, right? Obviously, the longer version of some of those lessons is in the book that will drive everyone to go get and to listen to your upcoming podcast that you are the host of. So let's talk about how you got distribution how did you get your you talked about we want to make a really good product and get it to the consumers how did you get it to consumers because arguably if i hang up a shingle and say i've got wine we're making wine you need some marketing muscle to get that message out so that people start trying the product how did you pull that off because you've done it to an incredible success well if you want to go way back we hired a guy his name was jack lynch out of the east coast he was a broker distributor broker and he got us a few different markets, Florida, New York, Maine. He said, he said Florida, right? <laughs> but um, that's kind of how we got our start. And California kind of bounced around here and there. But we really focused our main attention, 90%, on our direct consumer channels. That's where we focused although we still had to move some boxes in the early days. I mean, we still do for God's sakes, we got to sell our wine. But uh, at that point we had to move some wine. We had to get revenues in and, you know, we kind of fibbed it a little bit in some markets. I only have like 10 cases where we had 80, you know, but 
we got through it. And then the direct consumer marketing thing. Oh, and also we went for the guerrilla marketing approach, the blogs. That was new back then, wine blogs, fairly new. And we went after those people. We invited them out to the winery, showed them what we were all about. And they'd go write about it to all their friends. Very effective guerrilla marketing. Absolutely. I love that you were in essence using our influencer strategy of let's get our product in the hands of the people who have the lists, the wine fans, the wine consumers to their sites, the blogs, get them to sample our product and possibly experience it in person at the winery if possible. And then they write about it, which exposes you to a larger audience. Huge deal. And it happens today, frequently. People come out and we'll give them a good experience. And what do they do with that? Hopefully they take it home and share it with all their friends. And it comes back. We go, we hear, oh, so Bob Schmo turned us on to your wine. Oh, really? How can we help you? Right? Because Bob says we he can't, we can't get his wine. Well, we might be able to help you out. Just give me a year. You know what I mean? It's yes. true. In a year's short time. What were some of the, I mean, obviously there were many, you mentioned it wasn't a straight line. Every business, you know, has its ups and downs. What were some of the biggest lessons you learned from all the adversities you overcame to get to where you are? Hmm not giving up, tenacity, understanding you're gonna work seven days a week, 12 hours a day for a good amount of time and just going for it and trying to make the best decisions, but understand you're gonna make some wrong decisions. Nothing wrong with that at all. That's called college, right? In my terms, I'm a hard knock university guy. Makes sense to me. But just not giving up. That was the biggest thing. And uh, I used to put on my rhino suit at night because I couldn't break through these obstacles. And it wasn't a costume. I would transform myself into a rhinoceros. I could bust through anything at that point. I still use it to this day. It's a meditative practice. Yes, I love uh, Todd Herman's book on the subject called Alter e The Alter Ego Effect. What were some of the biggest challenges you had to get through? Uh, financing, getting over my skis or over our skis in production. Um, having vintages where we didn't have enough wine, um, challenges, just trying to, just trying to hone the knife, just trying to make sure that we were this glistening blade, that people knew what they were going to get high end. It's not Tiffany's and it's not the back room at Tiffany's. 
It's the room behind the back room at Tiffany's. I say that all the time. Not all the time, but you know what I'm saying? It's something that people want, they can't get, but there's access if you know where to go. You talk not, 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 not to be arrogant about it. I'm just saying it's a strategy. Yes, which from a marketing perspective is absolutely brilliant. And you've used that um, along with a great product to build some incredible relationships with very high level folks. I know some of them obviously will be on your upcoming shows. How did you nurture and build those relationships? Uh, depends on which relationships. Some across the country were through mainly charitable organizations. We go to auctions. We give a lot of stuff away um, for kids or art. And uh, over the years, you meet a lot of cool people. And then locally, different chefs, different people around the country, musicians, um, other chefs, just cool people that kind of fit the vibe, right? Yes, you have had such an interesting journey. What surprised you the most? That we're successful. No, we started this business with $800 set. And, and my goal was to make 80 grand a year, live in a bungalow in Hillsburg, hang out with chefs and winemakers and cook and hang out. Well, the biggest surprise was, oh gosh, this actually worked in a big way. Now that was a big one. And continues to be, continues to be. It still surprises you. To right now, it's not really a surprise. It's more just, uh, I just want to make sure we don't screw it up. But we've got a great team. I'm not worried about screwing it up. But before it used to surprise me. Now, people used to say at Costa Brown, do you pinch yourself? I go, I'm too busy to pinch myself. But up at our new hilltop winery here, I pinch myself. This is an unbelievable place. That segues kind of perfectly into my next question. When you talk about being too busy to pinch yourself, you now have multi, almost, basically multiple businesses and multiple brands. Um, how, how do you balance it all? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, rest is good making sure I spend time with my friends and family to the best of my abilities. I try to go fishing, but I have a hard time doing that because I have other stuff to do, right? But I really don't. Fishing's most important. But um, I, I don't know. I'm still trying to find balance, to be honest with you. You know, a lot of my high-end entrepreneurship buddies say the same thing. A lot of high-end entrepreneurs that we interview on the show talk about the importance of getting their day right from the beginning, 
getting themselves in the right state for their day, whether that's a morning mm. routine or a habit. What keeps you focused? What gets you excited? What do you do to be in the right emotional state to lead your companies? In the morning, I meditate, depending on what I'm feeling, but I'm a big meditator. I'm big into Buddha, love Buddha. Among other aspects, Marcus Aurelius, stuff like that, you know, but um, I meditate, try to center myself. Then I can get on with my day. If I just start my day, like immediately, my day is going to be screwed. Because I didn't set it up right. It just takes 15, 20 minutes to really center Okay, what do I got? You're still, your day still might be screwed, but at least you're set up for that. If that what, makes any sense. It makes total sense. What inspired you to write the book, Pinot Rocks? Well, James Lobby from Wine Spectator told me a number of years ago, Michael, you got a good story. You got to write your book. And I said, I don't know how to write a book. He goes, no, Michael, you just sit down there, your iPhone. He goes, I said, well, you're a writer. And then one day I met Tucker Max. Our mutual friend. Yeah, and Tucker says, Michael, you got to write a book. I go, I don't know how to do that. He goes, that's what I'm here for. He goes, I'm going to do this with you, you know, one-on-one. -on -one. Took four years. He got frustrated. He's like, Michael, can you just stop? It's good, <laughs> but he really worked through with me and got some good stuff and pulled some stuff out of me. And I just wanted to tell a few of the stories kind of from my childhood into my adolescence, kind of what led me to where I am. And that's in a nutshell again, but it was, a, it was a fun process and I really enjoyed it. And yeah, so the most fun is Shatner, though. That's a good one, the Audible. But um, yeah, that was an interesting uh, process, project. But Tucker really helped me out. How did uh, Chev and Cirque come about? Well, Sir came about because I knew we were going to sell Costa Brown. And I started Cirque back in 09. And it came from my circus days when I was in uh, high school, junior high, high school. Instead of doing sports, I did a circus, which was awesome. I loved that experience. And so I named it after my experience with that. It just turns out my great-grandfather was a professional circus clown. Wow. Do you believe that? Family. Well, just the two of us. <laughs> I never met the man, but I got some great photos of him. But uh, that's where Sir came around. But then Chef, I can't sit idle. And I go, ooh, high-end cars, high-end clocks high-end mechanisms, high-end shops. So I call our winery our shop. Okay, that's Chef. 
and Chev is more regional in approach where Circa is just Russian River, super high end. But, but Chev is Oregon, Santa Lucia Highlands, Santa Rita Hills, Russian River. It's, it's a different project, but kind of car-based, 40s car-based. Your passion is obvious. What do you like best about what you're doing? The fact that I can live with mother nature, farm, ferment, and craft something of beauty to the best of my abilities. Now that's a blessing in my mind. And mainly to be out in the vineyard, just walking around, seeing the birds, the bees, the plants, the trees, the flowers, the fish, you name it, man, mother nature, right? Have you ever thought, obviously the book Pinot Rocks, um, fantastic read. We highly recommend everyone go get it. And obviously you can't get the wine, but you can get on a waiting, any of the wines, but you can get on a waiting list. Have you ever thought about um, sharing your business expertise? I've done that in the past, but I've got too much other stuff going on. I'll do it for a price, but nobody will pay that price. <laughs> Not, again, I, I just don't have the time. Understandable. For um, our viewers and our listeners, where is the best place for us to send them to go to learn more about the book and obviously about the brands? Well, first is brownfamilywines.com, brown with an E, familywines.com. That'll transition to Cirque and Chev. And then that has a link to the book, but you can go on Amazon and get the book, any format you want. But um, Brown Family Wines is kind of the hub. And then you can go to Cirque and Chef. And they're very distinct websites. Very cool. Completely different flavors, right? Absolutely. Because they're different brands. We have fun with it. You can tell for sure. Well, we know your time is incredibly valuable. We greatly appreciate you coming back and spending more of it with us. Um, this has been Seth Green for Sharkpreneur with Michael Brown. Check out Brown with an E, Family Wines, um, and go get the book, Pinot Rocks. Michael, thanks again for coming back. Seth, I really appreciate your time, my friend. Thank you. And we're looking forward, obviously, to the launch of your upcoming podcast. Everyone, thank you so much for watching or listening. We will talk to you or see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. 
To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.